Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by The Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you'll see the link to read the ACIMOE. And on that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 or 9.20 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 26, The Transition, with Section 3, The Forms of Error, and Section 4, The Borderlands. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for a reminder of our remembrance of our lesson for the day, which is Lesson 278, If I am bound, my father is not free. (coughs) And uh, normally that's done by friends who won't be here today, so we are seeking volunteers to do a volunteer to do the a lesson reminder, if you'd like. Again, after the reading. And so, go ahead and get started with the reading. <clears throat> In chapter 26, the dull here, well, let me ask you this. Lori, do you have an opening for us today? You know, I do, Lemoyne, and I was really, really, really grateful to get this one this morning in my email from Marianne Williamson. It's perfect for the day. I am not a body. I am a child of God. Not my body, but my spirit is who I truly am. My mortal self is not my ultimate capital self, but rather a fraction of my being. I accept today that I am part of God, therefore a part of the immortal world. My body is but a temple space. May it serve me well in extending light from my spirit into the world. My body is blessed when I see it correctly as a device for giving love. Dear God, may my body serve your purposes as a conduit of love. Deliver my cells from darkness to light and my being from false to true. If I am bound, my father is not free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) all it does, feeling bound by time, like trying to blast through, forgetting things, so let me review the reading. <laughs> Today we have uh, with us in reading Lori, Jessica, 
Robin Marie, Donna, Karen, Micah, and Sandra. With us in listening, we have Ida and Patricia. Is there anybody else who would like to announce and join either the reading or the listening list? Uh, Roz is listening, too. Uh, Thank you. All right. Okay, I'll get it started here with Chapter 26, The Transition, Section 3, The Forms of Error. It is not difficult to understand the reasons why you do not ask the Holy Spirit to solve all problems for you. He has not greater difficulty in resolving some than others. Every problem is the same to him because each one is solved in just the same respect and through the same approach. The aspects which need solving do not change whatever form the problem seems to take. A problem can appear in many forms, and it will do so while the problem lasts. It serves no purpose to attempt to solve it in a special form. It will recur, then recur again, and yet again, until it has been answered for all time and will not rise again in any form. Only then are you released from it. And Lori? Chapter 26, Section 3, The Forms of Error. 10. It is not difficult to understand the reasons why you do not ask the Holy Spirit to solve all problems for you. He has not greater difficulty in resolving some than others. Every problem is the same to him, because each one is solved in just the same respect and through the same approach. The aspects which need solving do not change whatever form the problem seems to take. A problem can appear in many forms, and it will do so while the problem lasts. It serves no purpose to attempt to solve it in special form, it will recur and then recur again and yet again until it has been answered for all time and will not rise again in any form. And only then are you released from it. 11. The Holy Spirit offers you release from every problem that you think you have. They are the same to him because each one regardless of the form it seems to take, is a demand that someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain. And when the situation is worked out so that no one loses, is the problem gone because it was an error in perception which now has been corrected. One mistake is not more difficult for him to bring to truth than is another, for there is but one mistake. The whole idea that loss is possible and could result in gain for anyone. If this were true, then God would be unfair. Sin would be possible 
attack justified and vengeance fair. Thank you, Lori and Jessica. Eleven. The Holy Spirit offers you release from every problem that you think you have. They are the same to him because each one, regardless of the form it seems to take, is a demand that someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain. And when the situation is worked out so no one loses, is the problem gone? because it was an error in perception, which now has been corrected. One mistake is not more difficult for him to bring to truth than is another. For there is but one mistake. The whole idea that loss is possible and could result, result in gain for anyone. If this were true, then God would be unfair sin would be possible, attack be justified, and vengeance fair. This one mistake in any form has one correction. There is no loss. To think there is is a mistake. You have no problems, though you think you have. And yet, you could not think so if you saw them vanish one by one without regard to size, complexity, or place and time, or any attribute which you perceive that makes each one seem different from the rest. Think not the limits you impose on what you see and limit God in any way. Thank you, Jessica and Robin Marie. Twelve. This one mistake in any form has one correction. There is no loss. To think there is is a mistake. You have no problems, though you think you have, and yet you could not think so if you saw them vanish one by one without regard to size, complexity, or place and time, or any attribute which you perceive that makes each one seem different from the rest. Think not the limits you impose on what you see can limit God in any way. 13. The miracle of justice can correct all errors. Every problem is an error. It does injustice to the Son of God and therefore is not true. The Holy Spirit does not evaluate injustices as great or small or more or less. They have no properties to him. They are mistakes from which the Son of God is suffered, is suffering, but needlessly. And so he takes the thorns and nails away. He does not pause to judge whether the hurt be large or little. He makes but one judgment, that to hurt God's son must be unfair 
and therefore is not so. Thank you, Robin Murray and Donna. Thirteen. The miracle of justice can correct all errors. Every problem is an error. It does injustice to the Son of God and therefore is not true. The Holy Spirit does not evaluate injustices as great or small or more or less. They have no properties to him. They are mistakes from which the Son of God is suffering, but needlessly. And so he takes the thorns and the nails away. He does not pause to judge whether the hurt is large or little. He makes but one judgment, that to hurt God's Son must be unfair and therefore is not so. 14. You who believe it's safe to give but some mistakes to be corrected while you keep the others to yourself, remember this. Justice is total. There is no such thing as partial justice. If the Son of God is guilty, then he is condemned, and he deserves no mercy from God from the God of justice. But ask not God to punish him because you find him guilty and would have him die. God offers you the means to see his innocence. Would it be fair to punish him because you will not look at what is there to see? Each time you keep a problem for yourself to solve or judge, that is one which has no solution. You have made it great and passed the hope of healing. You deny the miracle of justice can bring. You deny the miracle of justice can be fair. Thank you, Donna. And Karen. 14. You who believe it's safe to give but some mistakes to be corrected while you keep the others to yourself, remember this. Justice is total. There is no such thing as partial justice. If the Son of God is guilty, then he is condemned, and he deserves no mercy from the God of justice. But ask not God to punish him because you find him guilty and would have him die. God offers you the means to see his innocence. Would it be fair to punish him because you will not look at what is there to see? Each time you keep a problem for yourself to solve or judge, that is that it is one which has no resolution. You have made it great and passed the hope of healing. You deny the miracle of justice can be fair. 15. If God is just, then can there be no problems that justice cannot solve? 
but you believe that some injustices are fair and good and necessary to preserve yourself. It is these problems that you think are great and cannot be solved. For there are those you want to suffer loss, and no one whom you wish to be preserved from sacrifice entirely. Consider once again your special function. One is given you to see in him his perfect sinlessness. And you will ask no sacrifice of him because you could not will he suffer loss. The miracle of justice you call forth will rest on you as surely as on him. Nor will the Holy Spirit be content until it is received by everyone. For what you give to him is everyone's. And by your giving it, can he ensure that everyone receives it equally. Thank you, Karen. And Micah? 15. If God is just, then can there be no problems that justice cannot solve? But you believe that some injustices are fair and good and necessary to preserve yourself. It is these problems that you think are great and cannot be resolved. For there are those you want to suffer loss, and no one whom you wish to be preserved from sacrifice entirely. Consider once again your special function. One is given you to see in him his perfect sinlessness. And you will ask no sacrifice of him because you could not will he suffer loss. The miracle of justice you call forth will rest on you as surely as on him. Nor will the Holy Spirit be content until it is received by everyone. For what you give to him is everyone's, and by your giving it can he ensure that everyone receives it equally. 16. Think then how great your own release will be when you are willing to receive correction for all your problems. You will not keep one, for pain in any form you will not want. And you will see each little hurt resolved before the Holy Spirit's gentle sight. For all of them are little in his sight and worth no more than just a tiny sigh before they disappear, to be forever undone and unremembered. What seemed once to be a special problem, a mistake without a remedy or an affliction without a cure, has been transformed into a universal blessing. Sacrifice is gone, and in its place, the love of God can be remembered and will shine away all memory of sacrifice and loss. Thank you, Micah. And Sandra. 
16. Think then how great your own release will be when you are willing to receive correction for all your problems. You will not keep one for pain in any form you will not want. And you will see each little hurt resolved before the Holy Spirit's gentle sight. For all of them are little in his sight and worth no more than just a tiny sigh before they disappear to be forever undone and unremembered. What seemed once be a special problem, a mistake without a remedy, or an affliction without a cure, has been transformed into a universal blessing. Sacrifice is gone, and in its place, the love of God can be remembered and will shine away all memory of sacrifice and loss. 17. God cannot be remembered until justice is loved instead of feared. He cannot be unjust to anyone or anything because he knows that everything that is belongs to him and will forever be as he created it. Nothing he loves but must be sinless and beyond attack. Your special function opens wide the door beyond which is the memory of his love kept perfectly intact and undefiled. And all you need to do is but to wish that heaven be given you instead of hell. And every bolt and barrier that seems to hold the doors securely barred and locked will merely fall away and disappear. For it is not your Father's will that you should offer or receive less than he gave when he created you in perfect love. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. And uh, is there a new reader to uh, conclude this section with 17 and do section title and chapter section title and start the next section? Yes. This is Ida. 17. Thank you, Ida. You're welcome. God cannot be remembered until justice is loved instead of feared. He cannot be unjust to anyone or anything because he knows that everything that is belongs to him and will be forever as he created it. Nothing he loves but must be sinless and beyond attack. Your special function opens wide the door beyond, which is a memory of his love kept perfectly intact and undefiled. And all you need to do is but to wish that heaven be given you instead of hell, and every bolt and barrier that seems to hold the door securely barred and locked will merely fall away and disappear. For it is not your Father's will that you should offer or receive less that he gave when he created you in perfect love. Section 4, The Borderland. So do you want me to read the first one, first paragraph of that section? 
Yes, please. That's okay. Fine. All right. Number 18. Complexity is not of God. How could it be when all he knows is one? He knows of one creation, one reality, one truth, and but one son. Nothing nothing conflicts with oneness. How then could there be complexity in him? What is there to decide? For it is conflict that makes choice complex. The truth is simple. It is one without an opposite. And how could strife enter in its simple presence and bring complexity where oneness is? The truth makes no decisions, for there is nothing to decide between. And only if there were could choosing be a necessary step in the advance toward oneness. What is everything leaves room for nothing else. Thanks. Thank you, Ida. And is there another new reader to... Yes. Hi, LeBoyne. It's Jude. I love this. One of my absolute favorite paragraphs, The Borderland, from Chapter 26, The Transition. The Borderland. Complexity is not of God. How could it be when all he knows is one? He knows of one creation, one reality, one truth, and but one son. Nothing conflicts with oneness. How, then, could there be complexity in him? What is there to decide? For it is conflict that makes choice complex. The truth is simple. It is one without an opposite. And how could strife enter in its simple presence and bring complexity where oneness is? The truth makes no decisions, for there is nothing to decide between. And only if there were could choosing be a necessary step in the advance toward oneness. What is everything leaves room for nothing else. Yet this is magnitude beyond the scope of this curriculum. Nor is it necessary we dwell on anything that cannot be immediately grasped. There is a borderland of thought which stands between this world and heaven. It is not a place, and when you reach it, it is apart from time. Here is the meeting place where thoughts are brought together, where conflicting values meet, and all illusions are laid down beside the truth where they are judged to be untrue. This borderland is just beyond the gate of heaven, and here is every thought made pure and holy, simple. Here is sin denied and everything that is received instead. Thank you, Doozy. <clears throat> and is there another new reader for 19 and 20? 
Another new reader. Okay, back to you, Lori. Okay. All right. Good morning, Carla. Hey, good morning. 26 chapters. Okay. All right. And what paragraph in the morning? 19 and 20. Nineteen. Yes. Is this magnitude beyond the scope of this curriculum? Nor is it necessary we dwell on anything that cannot be immediately grasped. There is a borderland of thought which stands between this world and heaven. It is not a place. And when you reach it, it's apart from time. Here is the meeting place where thoughts are brought together, where conflicting values meet, and all illusions are laid down beside the truth, where they are judged to be unsure. Amen. <laughs> this borderland is just beyond the gate of heaven. Here is every thought made pure and wholly simple. Here is sin denied and everything. That is received instead. 20. This is the journey's end. We have referred to it as the real world. And yet, there is a contradiction here in that the words imply a limited reality, a partial truth, a segment of the universe made true. This is because Knowledge makes no attack upon perception. They are brought together, and only one continues past the gate where oneness is. Salvation is a borderland where place and time and choice have meaning still. And yet, it can be seen that they are temporary, out of place, and every choice has been already made. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carla. And is there another new reader for 20 and 21? Paragraph 20. This is the journey's end. We have referred to it as the quote-unquote real world, and yet there is a contradiction here in that the words imply a limited reality, a partial truth, a segment of the universe made true. This is because knowledge makes no attack upon perception. They are brought together, and only one continues past the gate where oneness is. Salvation is a borderland where place and time and choice have meaning still, and yet it can be seen that they are temporary, out of place, and every choice has already been made. 
21. Nothing the Son of God believes can be destroyed. But what is true to him must be brought to the last comparison that he will ever make, the last evaluation that will be possible, the final judgment upon this world. It is the judgment of the truth upon illusion, of knowledge on perception. It has no meaning and does not exist. This is not your decision. It is but a simple statement of a simple fact. But in this world, there are no simple facts because what is the same and what is different remain unclear. The one essential thing to make a choice at all is this distinction. And herein lies, I'm going to read that again. The one essential thing to make a choice at all is this distinction that is between same and different. And herein lies the difference between the worlds. In this one, choice is made impossible. In the real world, is choosing simplified. Thank you, Lori. And Jessica? Thanks, Lemoyne. Okay. 21. Nothing the Son of God believes can be destroyed. But what is truth to him must be brought to the last comparison that he will ever make, the last evaluation that will be possible, the final judgment upon this world. It is the judgment of the truth upon illusion, of knowledge on perception, It has no meaning and does not exist. This is not your decision. It is but a simple statement of a simple fact. But in this world, there are no simple facts because what is the same and what is different remain unclear. The one essential thing to make a choice at all is this distinct distinction. And herein lies the difference between the worlds. In this one, choice is made impossible. In the real world, is choosing simplified. 22. Salvation stops just short of heaven. For only perception needs salvation. Heaven was never lost and so cannot be saved. Yet who can make a choice between the wish for heaven and the wish for hell unless he recognizes they are not the same? This difference is the learning goal this course has set. It is not, it will not go beyond this aim. Its only purpose is to teach what is the same and what is different, leaving room to make the only choice which can be made. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. Uh-oh. <clears throat> I'm driving to a different spot, so I need to pass. Okay, no problem. Um, Donna, 22 and 23. 
22. Salvation stops just sort of he- short of heaven. For only perception needs salvation. Heaven was ne- never lost and so cannot be saved. Yet who can make a choice between the wish for heaven and the wish for hell unless he recognizes they are not the same? This difference is the learning goal this course has set. It will not go beyond this aim. Its only purpose is to teach what is the same and what is different, leaving room to make the only choice which can be made. 23. There is no basis for choice in this complex and overcomplicated world. For no one understands what is the same and seems to choose where no choice really is. The real world is the area of choice made real. Not in the outcome, but in the perception of alternatives for choice. That there is choice is an illusion. Yet within this, yet Within this one lies the undoing of every illusion, not accepting this. Uh, Thank you, Fiona. Do I read 24 or no? No, you're good. Thank you. Thank thank you. And Karen... 23 and 24. 23. There is no basis for choice in this complex and overcomplicated world, for no one understands what is the same and seems to choose where no choice really is. The real world is the area of choice made real, not in the outcome but in the perception of alternatives for choice. That there is choice is an illusion, yet within this one lies the undoing of every illusion, not accepting this. 24. Is not this like your special function where the separation is undone by change of purpose in what once was specialness and now is union, all illusions are but one. And in the recognition this is, so lies the ability to give up all attempts, choose between them, and to make them different. How simple is the choice between two things so clearly unlike? There is no conflict here. No sacrifice is possible in the relinquishment of an illusion recognized as such. Where all reality has been withdrawn from what was never true, can it be hard to give up, give it up and choose what must be true? Thank you, Karen. Okay, um, can I ask Robin Marie, are you settled now? Would you like to read 24? 
Not really, but I am listening. Thanks. Okay. All right. Just saw that offer. And uh, so let me go with Micah. Would you conclude with 24? Uh, 24. Is not this like your special function where the separation is undone by change of purpose in what once was special and now is union? All illusions are but one. And in the recognition of this so lies the ability to give up all attempts to choose between them and to make them different. How simple is the choice between two things so clearly unalike? There is no conflict here. No sacrifice is possible in the relinquishment of an illusion recognized as such. Where all reality has been withdrawn from what was, what was never true, can it be hard to give it up and choose what must be true? Thank you, Micah. Okay, well, and uh, we are up against the uh, top of the hour, and so I'll ask one more time if there's anyone who would like to lead the lesson this morning, or lesson 278, just to lead us in a reminder. Yeah, this is Sandra. I can do it. Okay, Sandra. Thank you. Okay, the lesson is Lesson 278. If I am bound, my father is not free. And I'll start with what is the Christ? Christ? is God's Son as He created Him. He is the self we share, uniting us with one another and with God as well. Christ is the link that keeps you one with God and guarantees that separation is no more than an illusion of despair. Home of the Holy Spirit and at home in God alone, does Christ remain at peace within the heaven of your holy mind? This is the only part of you that has reality in truth. The Holy Spirit reaches from Christ in you to all your dreams and bids them come to him to be translated into truth. Lesson 278. If I am bound, my Father is not free. If I accept that I am prisoner within a body, in a world in which all things that seem to live appear to die, then is my Father prisoner with me. 
And this do I believe when I maintain the laws the world obeys, must I obey. The frailties and the sins which I perceive are real and cannot be escaped. If I am bound in any way, I do not know my father or myself. And I am lost to all reality. For truth is free, and what is bound is not a part of truth. Father, I ask for nothing but the truth. I have had many foolish thoughts about myself and my creations and have brought a dream of fear into my mind. Today, I would not dream. I choose the way to you instead of madness and instead of fear. For truth is safe and only love is sure. Take a minute. If I am bound, my father is not free. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. You did good. Thank you, man. I wouldn't mind commenting. I don't need the excuse my place. And I wouldn't mind (laughs) commenting. Um, so, um, if I am bound, my father is not free. I spoke on this earlier um, in the lesson call, and it's because I am energy in motion. That's who I am. And another word for energy in motion is emotions. However, I have judged emotions. I have judged emotions that are good and then I've judged emotions that are bad. And really, it's, it's all neutral. It's just energy. And the choice here, the freedom of choice, is whether I want to extend the energy of love or the energy of judgment and separation and taking things personally because as soon as I take something personally, the energy gets stuck and I don't take anything personally unless I've judged it first. So I've had to, I've I've got that connection that when I take something personally because I've judged it and then it produces an energy of separation for me which blocks me from the love of God. And this, this whole section is, is 
is about the final judgment, which is, there is only love. That is the final judgment. Everything I perceive that is that that I perceive as not loving is is a judgment on my part. Because there is only love. If I'm feeling uncomfortable, I may have to move, you know, just shift my position a little bit. But most of all, I'm, I need to shift my thinking. I think I, I'm uncomfortable and I need to shift my body. It's my thinking that creates the discomfort and the disease in my body. So that's where I have to go first, is shift my thinking and remember that there's only God. There's only love. And what and one of the, I think it was paragraph 19 I, as I was reading it or listening to it, it, it that's, that's about our groups. Just refer to it again. Yet in this magnitude beyond the scope of this curriculum, yet is this magnitude beyond the scope of this curriculum, nor is it necessary we dwell on anything that cannot be immediately grasped. There is a borderland of thought which stands between the world and heaven. It is not a place, and when you reach it, it is apart from time. Here is the meeting place where thoughts are brought together, and that's what we're doing. We are the meeting place where conflicting values meet and all illusions are laid down beside the truth. And again, I would say that that looks like our meeting. This borderland is just beyond the gate of heaven. Here is every thought made pure and wholly simple. Here is sin denied and everything that is received. Here is sin denied and everything that is received instead. And I think that's the beauty of these meetings. And it talks also in this in this reading about um, the Holy Spirit. And I have to turn when I turn everything over to the Holy Spirit, when I turn something over to the Holy Spirit, the outcome that I experience, the emotion, the the energy and motion that I experience in doing that is trust. When I turn it over to my Holy Spirit, I can then trust that it's going to be handled and I can go about my business just extending more love to wherever. It doesn't have to go to a special person because that's another thing I got from this reading is that the truth is there is only love. There is only God. There is only Christ. There is no specialness. There is no personally. And that's, that's a big one. I'll probably spend the rest of my life integrating that because it integrates in layers. Um, if I'm stuck in any, any way at all, it's because I've taken something personally. And loss of any kind is due to taking things personally and specialness. There is no loss and there is no specialness. 
only equality. I'm complete. Oh, Sandra. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's a great, great big insights. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Things I've been Mm -hmm. thinking about myself, but you shared them so well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. Yeah, that was very exceptional. Thank you, Sandra. Well, I'd like to share, you're welcome, that I've been in a dark night of the soul. That's the beauty of being willing. Go in deep and feel those feelings. And I'm coming out. (laughs) It's a purification process. And because I'm willing, God so appreciates all of us who are willing to go through these things and just see it to the end so that we can come out the other side because the outcome is guaranteed and I never can forget that. That as much as I struggle, think I'm struggling because I've forgotten the truth of who I am, the outcome's guaranteed. I'm going to come out the other side. We're all going to come out the other side. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Hey, Sandra, I have a quick question real quick. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Oh, okay. Yes, I can. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, how, um, I was right in the middle of, of um, walking from one place to another and I, looking for a pencil because your stuff was pretty <laughs> profound. You said, I have taken... If I have taken anything personally, I have, and what was your reply? I'm stuck. I stopped the energy, the energy of love from flowing. Oh, I see. I see. Thank you. Thank you. And if, and if I may, I think you noted that you've made a judgment. Yes. Yep. And that's what holds this in place. Yeah, thank you yep. very much, Sandra. Yeah, thank you, Micah. Thanks for that. And the gorgeous beauty of all of that is is uh, where she's speaking from. I breathe and live every minute in this eternal place, and there's no judgment of the judgment because it's a liberating, and you just plain feel it. So there's silence then, and silence just holds it all so darn beautifully when all it is is energy. So the comment of, and that was judgment, oh, yes, and proud of it because we hold it all so beautiful in energy, in what we're made of, love. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I really liked uh, all of it, Sandra. That I noted that what you said about when you feel physically uncomfortable, that is not because of something physical that's going on with you. It's because you have thoughts of judgment. And that's, you know, something that was on the verge of my mind at some point recently, too. But you elucidated that so well. And, and I'm 
taking that with me um, uh, to help work on my own body, mind, emotion system. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful, Ida. I have a little cartoon I read yesterday. Um, This is Diana. And the cartoon said, um, it portrayed a a Zen elevator that in addition to the usual up and down um, options, provided a Zen button marked content right where you are. I just thought that was pretty beautiful and wanted to share that. I know it's a little off base to what we're reading. But if I think, if you can just be in the moment of love and peace and knowing that everything is as it should be, however it shows up, then we're in the right place if we're in the right mind with allowing the flow to happen and no resistance but saying what what is a lesson here and, and how can I be part of this for somebody else and myself. I'm complete. Sweet. I was I was just thinking of a, a, how wonderful it is that we are always provided with a clean slate as an artist, you know, I think of things in that way. And uh, every moment is that holy instant, a clean slate. And today we have a clean slate. It's just... Wonderful that God's going to write on that. He's going to draw some beautiful things. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Diana. Hi, it's Karen. Um, I had some thoughts about the reading also. I love the line, only our perception needs salvation. I mean, that really sums it up for me that only truth is true and that there is no choice because on one side is illusion and on the other side is truth. There's no duality. There's only truth is real. And border, the borderland is not a place. It's, it's when we lay our judgments or our perceptions down and look at them next to knowledge and we choose the truth. Um, it says the final judgment upon this world is the judgment of the truth upon illusion of knowledge on perception it's a simple fact um, I loved this one paragraph I just like highlighted in the, you know infinitely and it says there is a borderland of thought which stands between this world and heaven it is not a place and when you reach it is apart from time. It's the meeting place where thoughts are brought together 
and where conflicting values meet and all illusions are laid down beside the truth and judged to be untrue. Here is every thought made pure and here is sin denied. It's so simple. Complexity is not of God. This is so simple. Um, if there's conflict, it's because we've, we're making choices that don't exist. Because truth makes no decision. There is nothing to decide between. Only truth is true. I'm complete. Thank you. That was excellent. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. This is Sandra again. I love that, Karen. Only truth is true. And then it said that um, justice is total. And that one kind of just kind of caught me, like, what do they mean justice is total? I don't see justice. I don't see much justice happening in this world. Um, but it's because, because this world is going through transition. The truth is that justice is total um, and that this, this world is, um, is in transition. And so there's a purification process going on that I'm responsible for. Because that's why I came here, is, is my willingness to <clears throat> remember the truth of who I am and, my, and, and because of my willingness to also forget. <clears throat> I had to be willing to forget. And that, in fact, that's my understanding is that that's one of the requirements of coming here on this planet is that I had to be willing to forget and then to remember. And then as I was remembering, to bring my brothers and sisters along with me and help them to remember so that we can create a whole new new world. So the, the layers of purification are, are required. And each time I turn it over um, to the Holy Spirit in trust, and each time I choose to do that rather than taking it personally, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm creating a whole new world by doing that. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Sandra. You're on today, Sandra. And Sandra, you you uh, give me such uh, joy inside that we all can share this experience, you know, together. And um, I have to be careful because I'll get asked often what's the most valuable thing now that you've learned and that you always used to be love and I get asked that because we would go into 
tell me why and how, and of course it would be the Course in Miracles and love. That's what we're made of. But now, Sandra, it's not that. And I got to watch out because, so guess what? It's not love anymore. The most amazing thing I've learned in my life, and uh, maybe every lifetime, is what I'm gaining by realizing I am not a person. <laughs> that I have a persona to play with. I'm not even this body. This is the most profound thing I never, ever expected to be able to live without having to die first. So it's like I get to stay in this body and not be a person. That is the most profound thing. It's knocked me uh, all the way to heaven and back and to eternity forever. And uh, some people want to know if I should be medicated. So I love sharing it with you all. This is just what we are. Thank you. Thank Perfect, you. Patricia. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Patricia. Go ahead, Micah. Oh, I was just thanking Patricia. That was great. This is Donna. Wow. <laughs> I would say that's awesome, but the Course tells us we should only refer to God as with all. So um, <clears throat> and I just loved what Patricia said because she really just, uh, wow. She made everything not that's not real, not real. <laughs> <clears throat> And the comment on Zen, I like that. And um, I was thinking about when we're in silence, where are we? When we're in Zen state, where are we? And it occurs to me that we've stepped into eternity and peace for a moment. And then the lesson and what was said, I got, I looked at the lesson again. If I am bound, my father is not free. If that doesn't knock your socks off, nothing will. Well, so I was looking, okay, what we've been reading about has been just wonderful for me because it's, re- it's confirmed my sense about the world and the body. So what I got from this was the world binds and the body is a prison. You know, you have to wonder why we keep choosing it. <clears throat> but if I am bound, my father is not free. So I thought, if I let go of all the world of ego binding, quote, ways, and let go, and let God, and just answer completely, Jesus' call and his pleading, quote, follow me, amen, and amen. I am complete.
Beautiful. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Hi, Jude. Thank you all for your shares. Um, the thing that's jumping out at me this morning is um, the third paragraph in What is the Christ? The introduction to our lessons the, the next few days. Um, the third paragraph that says, um, Home of the Holy Spirit and at home in God alone, does Christ remain at peace within the heaven of your holy mind? This is the only part of you that has reality and truth. The rest is dreams. And yet will these dreams be given unto Christ to fade before his glory and reveal your holy self, the Christ to you at last? And to recognize in the last line, it says, We have no need of learning or perception or of time or anything except our holy self the Christ whom God created as his son. And the, um, how this reading comes together for me, the text with the lesson is, is in um, the, the idea of choice, um, choosing to identify myself with God as he created me, Christ's consciousness united and extending his one loving will this one peaceful will, this one unconditionally accepting and non-oppositional to anything will, the peace of heaven that is my home, that I am the Prince of Peace, my mind is the Prince of Peace, that opposes nothing and accepts everything as one and indistinct from himself. And the, the understanding that that is my ground zero, that everything, everything that I perceive appears and seems to be in the world is what the perception of the world needs to be saved from, that I need to be saved from believing that the perception of the dream is real and taking my thoughts about it seriously, my my feelings and reactions to it seriously, taking it personally, as, as Sandra so clearly pointed out, that anything is mine personally, um, to have and to hold, to lose, suffer loss by losing it, um, that nothing can be lost because I am everything. I am everything. That love calls to love, for love to be itself, that everything is a gift. Everything is a gift for me to see the truth of who I am. God gave me everything so that I can see him wherever I go and in everything I see and touch and feel and smell and taste and experience that everything is within my mind. There is nothing outside of that mind. It's all within. Seek not outside myself. That seeking outside of myself for peace or thinking that I need or want something outside of myself is the myriad of, and of millions of choices where the ego seeks and can never find because it knows not 
what it is looking for, that the Course teaches me I am what I am looking for. I'm already at home. I'm already at peace. I already am the light, the way, and the truth. There's nothing to seek, nothing to achieve, nothing to strive for. The only discontent is in my mind in thinking that something is different than who and what I am. Everything is within my holy, sacred mind, the Christ consciousness, knowing everything as itself, the one son that God created as his one and only son. That's big stuff. That's magnitude. (laughs) Jude's in the tune today. (laughs) Let's share and sing the praise and joy of it. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Mrs. Patricia, this call and this morning uh, relives in me an early uh, opening to uh, this whole I am not the person awareness. When, when way back when I was really through the course and even teaching and it was so obsessed with it, um, I was so sure I was love, you know. And here's what happened. I had a near-death experience um, remembering this now, and it was maybe uh, like 30 years ago. So I guess it's been that long. Wow. So here, quickly, I got to the point uh, where the decision was being made for me that I had to come back. So I experienced lots of things in this near-death moment. And uh, when this part I'm sharing that's relative to our lesson and what's happening to me is that I was told to come back. And, uh, oh, my gosh, silence occurred when I came back from this. Not because silence was something you were supposed to do, It was because the only thing I could do, because I could not understand back then, why I had to come back. And so here, if I could make it short, it's the part that happened there at the end, was I I saw where I could 
the gate, or, you know, there was no gate, but there was this opening and there's all this white light and where I could go through, I could pass through um, uh, to the other level forever. And no. And I, I started to say, well, wait a minute. I know if you take a stop a minute and look me up. <laughs> I literally said, you know, look me up. You're going to see that I did a lot of good things. <laughs> and I was so serious. I even heard my inside my head was, look, you better say who you are now because this is the last chance you got. And I'm it's for a while wondering, am I going to be sent somewhere else? <laughs> and then discovered that uh, here I am needing to make loud statements that I would never make, you know, in public. <laughs> but I had to do it then to say, these are all the good things Patricia did. And then it didn't change anything. Nobody was falling for it. So then I turned around and pointed back down to earth and said, look, I bet if you guys zoom in right now, there are going to be people saying really good things about Patricia. <laughs> Let's just do that. And I tried to talk them into that. Like, if you don't believe me, you'll believe them. (laughs) I did not. They didn't fall for that either. And then I finally gave up and just said, okay, what is it? And then I heard, Patricia, that's not you. And that was what, like, knocked me over. What do you mean? None of that. Did you see? It was when I turned around and pointed behind me that I actually got the attention of whatever this infinite Christ intelligence is. The attention came forward to suddenly start to give me an answer. Yes, you're pointing back. Who's here? Who's present, honey? And oh my gosh, I had such a sinking feeling because I did not know. And yet all I could do was go, but isn't that enough? Should there be more? No, it's not about more. Who is here, already here, to cross over? And I, that's, you're going to go back to you find out who you are. So that was the beginning. And it was many years of silence at the miracle meetings and the beauty of the silence in our gathering because we're hearing the part that does live now here without a need for any story. But every story is a glory. And silence is where I go when it gets ruffled. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Patricia? That was beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I'm just going to say real quickly here, um, a little bit of eye discourse. Is it, I've said this for years. I think that everybody should get everything they really want in this world. If they want riches, fame, beauty, or handsomeness, as the world deems that, that is the case. Whatever they want, they should have it. You know why? Because if they have everything that they seem to want in this world, then they can realize that they don't really want it 
it won't satisfy them, and they realize that all they really want is God. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. So beautiful. You know, that's beautiful, Ida. You got me going right now with the Course in Miracles <laughs> thing, and the and the big pill to swallow, Ida, is we are currently getting everything we're asking for. We already have it. <laughs> we're not waiting one second. We're just digesting what we're asking for. The the persona is, and the spirit is. It's already, the wealth isn't anywhere else. <laughs> isn't it a dickens to, to keep on turning the page when it's so, so real? Thanks, Patricia. Yeah, I want to return to what you said, Ida, Moyne. Um, <laughs> that, you know, it does say, I believe it's somewhere in the text, he says, uh, you know, if your brother asks you for something, give it. And, you know, this is the thing is they ask for you to, you know, carry a burden, carry it the extra mile. It's, it, it, it's not an absolute rule. I mean, it does say, well, accept it if it should bring harm to one or either either of you. But, you know, if somebody asks for something, you give it, and either they're prepared to keep it by sharing it and it just increases, or they're getting what they need to learn the lesson that you laid out. So, yeah, I get, I get it. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. It's um, for me the 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 take in and the give in the bargaining of the world is if I give something I lose it. But the only thing that we can truly give is love, and that by giving love we increase it. I am complete. Mm, thanks, Judy. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And uh, Sandra, I was so gratified. Um, grateful, grateful, grateful to hear you say this is this is the function or the purpose served by these calls. 
that together uh, we discover that the whole idea of personal, quote-unquote personal, uh, was a mistaken idea. Without each other, we couldn't do that. Without each other, I couldn't do that. And uh, I was also really uh, gratified to hear um, your description of the energy of release or um, what happens to my mind when I call upon the miracle of justice and the release I experience when I give up the notion of um, personal will. You know, these two sections together um, are set so beautifully to uh, cause me to inquire of my own mind. Is there a personal will? How do I experience personal will? Is there... <laughs> does perception exist? God, you know, between, between the, uh, the group of you, it seems as if there's no conclusion except the fact that to believe in perception is to believe in a perceiver. And if I think I, quote-unquote, I uh, see myself as a perceiver, then I've locked my mind into a world of perception where truth seems elusive to me. And the nature of loving justice, that unlimited uh, will to love that I truly share with all creation is gone to me. Uh, this morning, um, my sister is having a dangerous cardiac procedure. <laughs> dangerous as the world sees these things and uh, so I was really really grateful for these two sections and this lesson today uh, because they gave me the freedom true freedom to realize that the nature of love is such that it rains down constantly and if I'm locked into a perceptual nightmare where fear rules my day um, and I withdraw and contract and constrict away from truth, that's the nature of the day I will have. But if I realize that I share the will of my Father that all things be seen in loving justice, in unlimited love as the Christ the thought we all share then where is fear <laughs> and um, and where is the idea that anything in outcome could be less than perfect for anyone and um, and I was struck today especially today how this section, both these sections together, uh, so perfectly parallel 
how he describes the development of trust in the characteristics of God's teacher. And since we're getting close to the end of our call, um, maybe that's the direction I'll take this because that's how this day and this reading speaks to me. The whole idea of perception is bound to a perceiver. And the perceiver, by definition, is separate from creation because creation is set apart to be perceived by a perceiver. But the lovely, lovely thing um, that happens is exactly like he describes it in Lesson 74. And, you know, I could never understand why Lesson 74, There Is No Will But God's, comes so early before all these lessons. But in point of fact, my, my understanding of time is really disturbed. <laughs> you know, um, justice is independent of time. The borderland is independent of time and place. Everything in God's creation is happening simultaneously. And it only takes a few miracles for me to realize that, um, oh boy, I, I had one a few weeks ago, a few miracles for me to realize that there's a component of myself that walks before me, that arranges things for my perfect understanding and for my benefit. And this component of myself is organizing, planning, and carefully arranging everything for my benefit and for the benefit of everyone. Because everyone is blessed together in God's creation. And in the same way, he wants me to understand three things. Lesson 74, there is no will but God's. Lesson 127, there is no love but God's. And Lesson 200, there is no peace but God's. And the wonderful thing about this component of capital self that goes before us is the recognition that simultaneously all these things are true at the same time. I thought I had a separate will error. I thought there was another way to love error. I thought I could direct the course of events to achieve peace error. And so finally, through the, per I say perpetual, but it does seem to go on and on and on, through the release of my error, forgiveness, the asking for correction. Here's my mistake, Father, let me know the truth of this. and. Um, that constant willingness to forgive or retract my mistaken impressions from the world, I learn finally. I learn finally that my Father's will is my own. I will to love. I love to will. <laughs> um, and that understanding arrived with such a beautiful clarity this morning and when it did I was so certain that whatever happens to my sister today is um, a blessing 
will be a blessing to those who minister to her, will be a blessing to her, will be a blessing to creation, will be a blessing in that heart hospital, will be a blessing to me, and she will arise to bless. <laughs> and that's just the nature of this endeavor that we undertake together. And how does that parallel the development of trust? Like this. And here's where I'll, I'll turn to it. How to, this is just so phenomenal. He says, this, Sandra, I just have to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for describing so perfectly that dark night, that place where you dive deep and set mistakes next to truth, mistake next to truth, and the arrival of love and, and awareness that's consequence. But anyway, after I go through this period of sorting valuable from valueless over and over and over, allow forgiveness to touch my awareness so that truth can come to me, he says this next stage is period of settling down now must the teacher of God understand he did not really know what was valuable and what was valueless. All that he really learned so far was that he did not want the valueless and that he did want the valuable. Yet his own sorting out was meaningless in teaching him the difference. The idea of sacrifice, loss, that's what sacrifice is that anyone can lose. So central to his thought system had made it impossible for him to judge. And to judge, there must be a judger, you see? A him to judge. <laughs> he thought he learned he had willingness, but now he sees he does not even know what that willingness is for. And so he must attain a state that must remain impossible for a long, long time. He must learn to lay all judgment aside and ask only what he really wants in every circumstance. I want God's will. I want to release the idea that there was a being who willed other than God's will and that was the error. That there existed a person, a personal Thank you, Patricia. A persona who willed other than what God willed. And when I release that, I've also released the experiencer, the one who says there is something to be perceived, the perceiver. I said experiencer, I meant perceiver. He must learn to lay all judgment aside and ask only what he really wants. And that's where I discover God's will is truly mine. We're not each step in the direction so heavily reinforced as by the miracles we share, by the understandings we share, by those ahas in which we all come to the same conclusion seemingly at the same time. <laughs> it would be hard indeed. Learning's now consolidated, and what was merely shadows before comes solid gains to be counted all in all emergencies as well as tranquil times. Indeed, tranquility is the result, the outcome of honest learning, consistency of thought, and full transfer. This is the state of real peace, where here is heaven's state fully reflected. From here the way to heaven is open and easy, in fact, it is here. 
it is here that state of mind that says all that came before was simply perceptual error based on belief in separate will <laughs> all of it every last bit of it I enjoy this borderland because every time I get to share a miracle of understanding I feel fuller and fuller and fuller and realize the truth of what he said the kingdom is perfectly united and perfectly protected in fact the kingdom of heaven is you amen I'm complete thank you Lori that was beautiful and true Yeah, thank you, Lori. Lemoyne again. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, walking through that development of trust because uh, it is a. It only seems to be a long road, I think, because we're trying to place that trust in so many other things and then <laughs> in form and in our perception of what experience is and things that are so remote. So thank you again, and I don't like being bound by time, but if I'm going to try and make the call longer just because I don't want to, okay, I'm not going to fight it. It's, it's time. I'm going to turn off the recording, and uh, we'll continue the call in the after call. So thank you all. Yes, thank you. It was a beautiful call today.